The Leafs aren't done yet, Dave. Oh, the Leafs aren't done yet. Call of Dubis has got six phones on the go right now, connecting on three trades in the span of two hours today and possibly one more to come. Dave, let's break it all down today on the Locked On Leafs podcast. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Locked On Leafs, a daily Maple Leafs-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free. Wherever you get your podcasts from, you can also catch us up on YouTube now as well. Um, so subscribe to us there. It's Locked On Leafs on YouTube. Got new content coming out to you guys each and every day, Monday through Friday. And it seems like we're coming at you with tons more content this week because it's been a busy one, Dave. Um, this episode, by the way, is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of the Locked On Network. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Dude, we thought that we thought that yesterday was kind of the 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 final deal. Maybe there was something minor to be done. And then today, not once, not twice, but three times Kyle Dubas calls into NHL Central Registry and gets three separate transactions done. All in all, the Maple Leafs have acquired Luke Shen, Eric Gustafson, and a first-round pick, Boston's first-round pick this year. And out the door goes Rasmus Sandin, Pierre Engvall, and then an additional third-round pick as well. So the Maple Leafs still moving and shaking. There's still potentially some more to be done. But let's break these trades down individually, and then we can talk about the bigger picture of what it means and maybe what's next between now and Friday at 3 p.m. So let's start things off with, uh, I guess, the biggest trade of the day, the one that really got things moving, and that was Rasmus Sandin getting dealt to Washington for a first-round pick and uh, defensive veteran uh, or veteran defenseman Eric Gustafson. Um, I guess, what were your what were your initial impressions on that trade, or do you want me to go first? You decide. Well, I was working, and I had just finished up working up some other trade stuff that was going on. All of a sudden, I see the notification from L. Friedman saying, Sandine to Washington. Yeah. And I'm like, is there another Sandine that I don't know about in the NHL? Because, like, I, I did not – I could not believe it. Like, I was just stumped when I saw that. So – it's funny that you say that because we didn't really talk too much about it. We said it's a possibility that they could trade him yesterday. But after we had finished up the the deal to land Jake McCabe, we were talking about the contract situation or the cap situation. And when they ultimately – and it seems like they're about ready to. I think tomorrow on the 1st they can activate Matt Murray. And in order to do that, though, they were a million over the limit. So they had to trade somebody. And technically Rasmus Sandin at $1.4 million – him going out the door would allow them to open up pretty much enough space to be able to do that. So he was one of the guys that we did kind of circle as potentially a player that they could technically move out, but we thought it was kind of unlikely. But then I started thinking about this, and you said you were at work too. 
So I would just got off the air of Leafs Lunch. And I swear to God, Dave, I was speaking with my producer and we were talking about maybe what could happen going forward. We were talking about what the deep pairings could look like. And I kept saying, Rasmus Sandin's on the outside looking in. I'm like, I'm almost thinking like maybe he should be the guy Toronto should trade. And and don't let that asset go to waste. Because right now, he's still a young guy. He's 22. He'll be 23 next week, by the way. Just looked. Birthday, March 7th. So literally one week away. Um, don't let that asset depreciate by sitting him for the rest of the season and basically not going to be in your healthy playoff playoff roster, which clearly he wasn't going to be based on the fact that they moved on from him. He was the uh, guy on the outside looking in, and they plan on bringing in Luke Shen as well, which makes that even tougher for him to get into the lineup. So they made a, a very shrewd decision to till, still take a guy who's young enough and still has potential. Like I still think Rasmus Sandin could turn out to be a decent puck moving top four defenseman. I think Toronto knows that. And I think clearly Washington believes he can be considering they gave up a first round pick, but being able to get the most out of that asset and then getting a first round pick back after you just dealt a whole bunch away. I think that was such a shrewd move and terrific asset management for Kyle Dubas. Like we've seen in the past deals like this have happened where, um, there's some guys who maybe Toronto looks at and like, Hey, he could be a top four player. The the person who I thought about where I kind of thought about, they should trade him before he becomes the next Travis Dermott. How many times did we think about Dermott? He could become a four. He could be a top four guy, just needs an opportunity. Ultimately he was given chances and he never really ran with it. And ultimately found himself on the outside looking in the asset had depreciated. And all of a sudden they had to settle for getting a third round pick for him at 23, 24 years old. So before you sat out Sandine for the rest of the year, basically, or before his value depreciated, they were able to go out and get a first round pick for Rasmus Sandine, which who knows what else they could do, but that cleared up the cap space and a couple other moves. And now all of a sudden you're sitting pretty. And you also bring in Eric Gustafson back in the deal as well. Who's a veteran defenseman who can come in and play a similar role to Rasmus Sandine, right? Like an offensive puck moving defenseman with decent um, analytical numbers. So all in all, this was such a terrific shrewd deal from GM Kyle Dubas. It was, you know, I, I even, I remember when we were talking about if we had to move off a player on the roster to go out and make like a big deal. I didn't envision Rasmus Sandin going in a deal like this, but I did say he would be a guy mainly because, as you said, his spot was being pushed further and further down the lineup, right? That's what made it so much. That was, that's why it made so much sense to move him in any deal. If you had to move someone from the roster, Sure, you lose a young, controllable defenseman who seems to thrive in certain situations, but the situations that you want to put him in, there wasn't really that opportunity for him. And the fact that you get a first-round pick and you get a veteran defenseman who, you know what, let's say the least power play isn't clicking or they need to make a move, Eric Gustafson can go right there and fill that role. He's done it. He actually would be the elite. He's, he has the most points out of all least defensemen now. Obviously, yeah, he's got 38 points. Eric Gustafson has 38 points, and he's gonna be probably your eighth defenseman right now. Yeah, that's the crazy part. And that's why that's where I was like scratching my head with Eric Gustafson coming in. It's just like he's now going from being a sure playing John Carlson's role in terms of being the power play guy in Washington to now he's on the outside looking in on the Leafs roster. It just shows also how crazy the last few weeks have been for the Leafs. 
that now Eric Gustafson is your seventh, eighth best defenseman. That's exactly what, <laughs> what this team is kind of needed is they needed options. They need to make sure that they didn't have six good defensemen, that they have seven to eight good defensemen on this team. Absolutely. And now you think like if an injury occurs, like if Mark Giordano goes down, like there, there are guys who can step up and fill those roles, right? You've got now guys on the left. You've got depth on the left side. You've got depth on the right side. We'll get to Luke Shen trade in a minute, but that also added, you know, depth. But you also look at Eric Gustafson. You know, he's a guy who can fill in on a second power play if he does go in, right? And he can play similarly to, um, you know, what Rasmus Sandin could have brought you and A, at a much cheaper rate. Uh, B, he's not under contract for next season. And C, he's actually performing extremely well. He's been on their second pair this year, Dave. So, you know, Gustafson can actually, if he gets in, right? And that's that's worst-case scenario, Gustafson gets in. Because as we noted, he's like, right now, seventh, eighth defenseman most likely, like depending on if there's another move to be made, which we can get to um, in a little bit. But, you know, I, I also just look at Rasmus Sandin. And, and, you know, at the beginning of the year, you remember how contentious that relationship was? Like he was a guy who did sit out. Right. He he sat out through to the beginning of training camp. He wanted to, you know, get the contract. He felt like he could be a top four guy, wanted a bigger role. And ultimately, Toronto just never really trusted him and, and, and felt that he was that guy. And I think moving on from him and letting him maybe see if he can do that elsewhere, if there's another GM and clearly look at, uh, you know, out in, in Washington, if you get a first round pick for a 23 year old defenseman, you have to believe that he can turn into an, uh, a top four guy, right? Or else you're probably not making that bet. Um, but the Leafs just didn't see it. And, and and ultimately, if they thought to themselves, hey, if we're concerned about this guy in the playoffs, and you look at the games that he played against those top-tier teams, the Rangers, the Bostons of the world, you know, he kind of got outmanned. And he was somebody who they definitely felt like they didn't feel 100% convinced that he was playoff caliber. And if that's the case, move on from him and get that first round pick terrific terrific trade and also you brought in McCabe you signed Connor Timmons like he's no longer really a necessary piece of the future either like remember coming into the year we're thinking about looking at Sandine's like well you know Muzzin's not getting any younger Giordano's not getting any younger I mean that's true but now all of a sudden you've had Lilligren elevate his game they've got Timmons signed for a couple more years and now they've brought in Jake McCabe at two million bucks, and he can fill that top four role. All of a sudden, you look at all that, and now you think about okay, he doesn't play a playoff style game. Sandine's expendable, and you got a first round pick for an expendable piece. Great trade. I know I've said this a bunch of times, but like this was a terrific shrewd deal from Kyle Dubas. I still can't believe that it actually uh, actually happened that way. <laughs> yeah, and. You're surprised also that, you know, the first, I mean, obviously people say, oh, it's Boston's first round pick. So it's basically a second round pick. This is a good draft. And, you know, Kyle Dubas, that, well, actually, we don't know if that first round pick is going to stick around. There's, you know, that's still a possibility to move. But if they do keep the pick, now all those draft picks that you trade away, you can take that first round pick. And if a team wants to move forward in the draft, you can give true a couple more picks. All of a sudden, that depletion of picks, looks a little bit different now. So I like that it gives them options. Like it's yeah, you, you don't like to see a young defenseman get traded away, but I don't think the Leafs are going to live to regret trading Rasmus Sandin going forward. I, I just don't. 
Yeah, completely agree with you. All right. Well, Rasmus Sandin was just the tip of the iceberg. Two more deals followed after that. Luke Shen is a Toronto Maple Leaf once again. And my guy, Pierre Engvall, is gone. We'll break down those deals uh, also on the other side. But uh, which one do we got first, by the way? Is it you? You got, uh, yeah, you got oh. the first ad read of the day. So why don't you hit it from our uh, our good friends at Indeed. Yep. No matter how the last game went, anytime you take the field, you got a shot at greatness. Give your team the best shot at winning by recruiting more MVPs with Indeed. Maybe that's where Kyle Dewis went and all did all these uh, trade ideas. He went on Indeed and looked at how he could make his team a championship team. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications app, applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match assessments and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description. You can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. And obviously, one of the things, if you're someone who is looking to add people on Indeed, Indeed makes it easy to hire great talent. According to Comscore, Indeed is the number one job site worldwide. And Indeed delivers four times more hires than any other job site combined, according to Talent Nest. This was back in 2019. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your po- job post at Indeed.com slash locked on. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash locked on to claim your $75 credit before March 1st. Again, that is indeed.com slash lockdown turns and conditions apply you need to hire you need indeed welcome back into the lockdown these podcasts it's mike DeStefano and dave morisuti uh a busy day in leafland once again we thought that uh yesterday's trades were exciting kyle dubas had a nice little uh matinee follow-up the next day three deals in the span of two hours we just broke down rasmus sandine now let's break down luke shen someone who we're definitely familiar with Right, he was drafted to the Maple Leafs back in uh, the 2008 draft. I want to say, yeah, that sounds about right. 2008 mm-hmm. draft, maybe 2007, one of those two. Um, either way, he was uh, the first round pick of the Maple Leafs in the late 2000s. And um, you know, I, I think like I saw a couple people tweeting and say, if Shen wasn't good enough before, why is he good enough now? And I, I do want to say to those who question whether or not you know, Luke Shen can be, you know, an impactful player for this team. Luke Shen, his first go around, I think, was considered to be a, like they were trying to make him into a top pair defenseman, like a top pair shutdown D-man, and he was miscast early in his career. And that's just not what he was. It's not what he became. But coming back as like the sixth, seventh defenseman on this team, uh, I think he can definitely play that role. He's been playing that role for a couple of years now. Went and won a couple of Stanley Cups coming into that lineup in the Stanley Cup playoffs for the Tampa Bay Lightning. He brings experience. He's the NHL's hit leader. And they gave up a third-round pick to do it, Dave. Um, 
I mean, your thoughts when you heard that Luke Shen was coming back to back to Toronto? Yeah, I mean, again, it was during this whole whirlwind, so I didn't really get a chance to process it in the moment because now I mean, we're processing it, right? Now we're processing. After, yeah, but like after everything kind of happened, I it it made so much sense. You know, this is someone that wants to continue to be a part of a winning culture. Yeah, he went to Vancouver, but that's because. You know, he liked what, what what Vancouver was like when he was there. He he saw that opportunity. And look, if Vancouver wasn't going to be good, they could flip him at the deadline to a contender. And I know that when we were discussing Luke Shen, we were kind of bullish on the idea of adding him as a top four guy on this team. Well, guess what? Situation has changed. He's not coming in as a top four guy on this team. He's going to come in likely as a bottom. Oh, you're, you're th- uh-oh. If he's 100% not going to be in the top four, I don't know about that, Dave. Wow. I don't know about that. Not that he is a top four guy, yeah. but I think he could slide in like, I don't know. I don't want to cut you off here while you're talking about the trade. But like for me, I'm, I'm looking at Luke Shen. I thought he played pretty well when he was in Vancouver alongside Quinn Hughes. He helped, I don't want to say elevate Quinn Hughes' game, but – you think about the way that Quinn Hughes plays. Who's a defenseman in Toronto that we're still searching for a partner that plays a similar riverboat gambling type offensive defenseman style like Quinn Hughes? Can you think of one? Is this another former fifth overall pick of the Toronto Maple Leafs? It would be. It would be one Morgan Riley is the guy I'm thinking of. Like Luke Shen might be a decent, a decent fit for Morgan Riley because it's someone who he could be familiar with from a sense that, you know, he's been playing with Quinn Hughes in Vancouver for, for a while now. So it's, it wouldn't be all too dissimilar where it's okay. I know I've got to hang back because I know that this guy's going to jump up into the rush. It's exactly what Hughes did. I'm expecting rather do the exact same thing. And that's not to say that every single shift, those guys are going to go out there. Uh, I'm saying that there's a strong possibility that that'll be maybe a main pairing and there could be some shift, some shifting within what's going on based off situational play, which we do see happen a lot. Um, but like the way that I'm looking at these deep pairings now today in practice, we saw Brody and McCabe together. So that's going to, that's going to start, right? That that's going to be kind of this team shut down pair. You'd have to think, right? Brody and, and Jake McCabe. I yeah. like that. We saw Riley with Justin Hall as the second pair at practice today. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. Not one bit. We nope, talked about nope, how much hate we hate that. But I wonder, I wonder if Justin Hall was just a placeholder for what was soon to come in Luke Shen. And that's who they're kind of penciling in next to Riley so that they can still allow Giordano and Timothy Lilligren to kind of be on the third pair and really just have an incredibly deep, you know, three pair unit in Toronto. I don't hate that. If you ask me if I would rather have Luke Shen with Riley or Justin Hall with Riley, I'm going to take Luke Shen. Yeah. And look, if Justin Hall is your eighth guy, I even that's even better. Because, yeah, Luke Shen has had more time playing against top opponents and playing against top competition. I think he fares better into what the Leafs need in their own end. I just don't think Justin Hall, when it comes down to it in playoff-style hockey, is going to be able to handle – what I think Luke Shen will be able to handle. Yeah, you know, Vancouver wasn't exactly a good team, but they are also not the Leafs. 
right? Luke Shen is not going to – he's coming to a good team. And the reason why he was pretty good in Tampa, Tampa was a good team. So I, I, I don't like to kind of co- compare like situations like that because I do think when you put a player in a position to succeed, they can excel. And Luke Shen will know exactly what his role is. If he's the Morgan Riley guy, he'll know. Just let Morgan Riley do what he needs to do with the puck, get the puck to Mo, let him do that work. Treat it just like Quinn Hughes. Yeah, exactly. And then like once you get into a game where you're trying to nurse a lead in the third period, you're up by two and you're playing Tampa, and you want to shorten your bench, okay, flip around your D pairings. Now all of a sudden, what do you do? Put McCabe with Riley, put Gio with Brody, and then you kind of sit Lily and Shen, and then all of a sudden you feel pretty good about those four guys. You know, and, and by having Gio on your third pair, you can kind of rest them up for two periods and then come to the third, you might be a little more you know, rested up and, and able to perform at a more optimal level in the final 10 minutes trying to shut things down. Like, I, I think when you also look at the amount of versatility that they have with McCabe and with Brody, both guys able to play the left and right, um, it really would give them uh, a, a a real opportunity to switch things around on the fly. And we know how much Sheldon Keith likes to do it. His lineup is very fluid. So just because Riley Shen start a game together, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be going over the boards each and every time, right? Like if it's an offensive possession, right. And and they need a goal, maybe send Riley and Lilligren out there for, for a shift in the offensive end. Cause those are two guys who you feel more strongly could provide you offense, or maybe it's, you know, um, McCabe or I don't know, whoever you want to say, Geo and Brody, like whatever. I, I think Riley Lilligren actually is probably the best example I could come up with for an offensive zone face-off, to be honest. So I, I did good on the first one there. But you know what I mean? Where if it, And if it's defensively, you know, maybe p- potentially you want to throw Shen out there, but you don't want Riley out there defensively, okay, Geo Shen, get out there. See what you can do, you know, or, or Brody Shen, get out there. McCabe, Shen, like, whatever you want. Um, there's a lot of flexibility within this lineup that, you know, you can use if you're Sheldon Keefe, not only from, you know, game to game, period to period, but, dude, shift to shift. We see it happen all the time, all the time. So, but, um, you know, I think this is an incredibly deep, deep, deep pairings. Like, we haven't brought, like, Justin Hall right now is on the outside looking in along with Gustafson or maybe Shen. Shen and Hall are very interchangeable. I will be curious to see kind of who they end up rolling with. But to me, they're they're somewhat interchangeable at this point. Um, but that means that, like, Gustafson's your seven. Timmons is your eight. Jordy Ben is your ninth defenseman. That's how deep this blue line is, Dave. It's it's really incredible the depth that and, and you know, that Kyle Dubas has been able to amass with this group. Yeah, no, it is. And, I, and I'm looking, and there's nine defensemen here. <laughs> like, they're not going to keep. I, I'm wondering if they're going to keep all nine defensemen. That's the other thing too. Oh. Like, you 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 like the depth, but you also want to make sure you have thirteen forwards as well. So I'm 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 also kind of you know in the moment right now. It's deep, but I'm wondering is there something else coming about? And Justin Hall might be one of those guys. We don't know yet, right? That could be on the move if the Leafs need to make another move. Maybe. So, Maybe, or, I mean, you could send Gustafson down to the minors. I don't think they'd be too broken up if he got claimed, right? Because now all of a sudden, okay, now Timmons is your eight and Jordy or Jordy Ben's your eight and Timmons is your, is your, you know, nine guy if you want to send him down. True. You know what I mean? So, like, either way, they got a bunch, a bunch of uh, different combinations they could have. 
Again, they have 10 NHL defensemen. Like, ultimately, they have 10, right? Yeah. Kay Brody, Riley, Shen, Gio Lilly. Those are the six we think will play. They've got Hall and Gustafson, and then Jordy Ben again, down in the minors. That's 10 NHL defensemen that you have to your disposal come playoff time. And to your point, maybe one does get dealt. We'll get to that uh, on the other side, though. Um, we are also going to break down the Pierre Engvall trade, which also uh, happened today. So no more Pierre Engvall. I'm sure a lot of you are very happy. There's no player that was more polarizing in this, like on this team than Pierre Engvall. I'd be surprised if you asked people, who are you more happy? What trade were you most happy about in the last 48 hours? The answer would be Pierre Engvall and him getting booted off the team. That's not my feeling. We all know how I feel about this guy, but uh, ultimately, you know, had to happen for cap-related reasons. He's off to New York. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Before we do, though, let me tell you guys about uh, one of our favorite sponsors, and that's FanDuel. It's midway marketing NHL season, uh, and now is the perfect time to download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's America's number one sportsbook because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And you can bet on everything from money line to point scores, goal scores. Tomorrow you've got, you know, Sam Lafferty making his debut against the Edmonton Oilers, maybe an anytime goal against Edmonton. Show officers, new teammates, perhaps. You can place that wager on FanDuel. Um, plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance for a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't miss the chance to get on your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. It's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the Locked On Network. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti reacting to the trades of today. Not once, twice, but thrice. Kyle Dubas made a call into NHL Central Registry to uh, to register three trade calls. We already talked about Rasmus Sandin going out the door. We talked about uh, Luke Shen coming back to Toronto. And now let's chat about Pierre Engvall getting dealt to the New York Islanders for a third-round pick. Engvall to the Islanders for a third-round pick. Thoughts and prayers to the Engvall fan club, which apparently I was the president of. Um, yeah, you're the first person I thought of when this trade went down. I was like... Yeah. I had a few people reach out to me and they're like, they want to know how I felt about the Pierre Engvall deal. Um, and here's how I feel. Like, I still think that Pierre Engvall is a useful, a useful NHLer. He is a useful piece. He does, he does certain things well and does certain things right that lead to success on the ice. I don't think what those in those things are and what he's good at is, um, for what Toronto wants to do at the very least, I don't think they lend to what they're trying to get to. And by that, the buzzwords that we keep hearing around uh, Toronto with Sheldon Keefe and Kyle Dubas and, and everybody who's coming to, to the Leafs through these trades, the buzzwords we keep hearing is compete level, toughness, and, um, and, and character, which I, I you know, I'm not going to, poke fun at Pierre character. I don't know the guy personally, so I, I can't really say that's not there. But the other two parts, you talk about competitiveness and you talk about toughness. 
that's just not what Pierre Engvall's game is all about, unfortunately. And I think the Maple Leafs have gotten to a point where they're not that they're throwing analytics out the out the window here, but they're they're just kind of rejigging their entire bottom six, and they're just making it more like just making it tougher to play against. And unfortunately, that means that uh, Pierre Engvall no longer fits the scheme, no longer fits what they're trying to do, the identity of what that third line was supposed to be. And that's ultimately why they decided to move on from him. And now he'll probably have his spot taken by Sam Lafferty. Like bringing in Lafferty really made him expendable. And you could thought, think about maybe there's another guy who can end up coming, um, you know, uh, into the team at some point. I know Matthew Nyes expected to sign. So like that's another guy who would have had to compete for uh, for a roster spot. And when you got a guy like Pierre Engvall making 2.25 and you're, again, similar to Sandine, you look at him and you say, not sure he's a playoff performer, cut bait and move on. And that's exactly what he did. And even as the president of the fan club, I uh, I do applaud Kyle Dubas for, for, you know, noticing that, cutting bait, moving on, and really sticking to a plan that he has when it comes to rejigging this entire bottom six and becoming really like these are all a holes. Like they're just pain in the asses to play against. And that's when you look at the lineups up and down Boston, Tampa, New York. That's what their bottom six consists of. And Toronto knew that they had to match that come playoff time. And nothing that Pierre Engvall has done this season, the season prior or the season before that proves that he's willing to play that way. And, uh, you know, the Maple Leafs are kind of going in a bit of a new direction. And unfortunately, that means that Pierre Engvall isn't part of the equation anymore. So off to New York he goes. And that's my my statement. That is the official statement from Mike DeStefano, president of the Pierre Engvall fan club. Thank you very much, Mike, for that statement. And it's sad to see, uh, like, they made a lot of moves here, the Leafs, and they've changed a lot of this current roster which sometimes you have to be careful when you tinker a lot but at the same time are we going to be worried too much about Pierre Engvall's departure personally I don't think so because Sam Lafferty for a cheaper price might be able to give you more of that as you said the physicality he can still provide offense which you don't want to lose too much offense from your bottom six you want to make sure that's still there can I tell you a quote that I heard from Sam Lafferty today? Oh, we yes, you can. Just uh, this is just a, a quote that Mark Masters tweeted out here. Um, when it gets more physical, that's when I tend to play my best. I love that quote from Sam Lafferty, and I love it so much. It's it's uh it's refreshing. It's refreshing to see a quote like that because. We know that the Leafs don't exactly bring that. Phys- they didn't bring that physical style that much. They they do they don't shy away from it, but they weren't the ones that were always going to initiate it. And they Pierre, did, away. Pierre did though, right? He, yeah, Pierre did. That was I. I saw it firsthand. I saw it like I was eye to eye with Pierre at sometimes at that Buffalo game. I wish I kind of told him let's 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 get let's get a little. Color. He actually at one point went for like a guy went to hit him and he was like trying to skied away and he still got hit i'm just like pierre you're bigger than this guy just use your use your use your body a little bit there but yeah i mean the speed factor of not having angle also i think gets replaced by lafferty i just think lafferty 
they kind of envisioned him to be the replacement there. And I think Dubas wanted to make sure that, you know, the younger guys with the Marlies, there is a potential there to add. And Matthew Nyes, I don't, I, I, this doesn't mean I think Matthew Nyes is automatically guaranteed to spawn the roster. I actually think this helps Matthew Nyes to not have to worry about making the Leafs right away. And I think depending on who they decide to bring up, Pontus Holmberg, this clears a spot for him to now get back up with the roster as well. Bobby McMahon. Bobby McMahon. There's so many There's so many guys that with the Marlies right now that I feel like can give you more of that competitiveness can, than what Pierre Engvall brought and yeah. for much cheaper. It's it's it, we can't we can't ignore the fact that he was making a good chunk of change and the Leafs were not cap compliant if they wanted to bring back Matt Murray. That was the other factor. And the fact they got a third round pick out of it, that's that's a solid pick to get out of Pierre Engvall. He was a seventh round pick. Was he bringing third round pick value to the Leafs? I would yeah, say yeah. He was. I don't think the Leafs fleeced the Islanders, and I think the Islanders got a good they, they needed to add depth. I was talking to Gil Martin from Locked On uh, Islanders. Just he wanted my thoughts on it. And I said, Well, what do you need? He's like, Well, we need someone that can that can skate. I said, Well, Pierre Engvall can definitely do that. Um yeah. he wasn't too he wasn't too worried about the contract. I said, well, that's a good thing because the Leafs were kind of a little worried about the contract. Expiring Just, deal anyway. Yeah, but that cap hit could be – I'm saying it could be better used and better suited for what the Leafs kind of need right now. Having the depth up front and also have, being able to get your backup goaltender back off of LTIR. I think, I, I think this was Kyle realizing as much as he was hoping that they wouldn't have had to trade someone like Engvall at the roster, it just seemed like an inevitability to make a move like that. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, just look at what they've done in the last 10 days. They added O'Reilly, Lafferty, and Achari to their forward group. Somebody was coming out. Like, somebody was coming out of this lineup. You you just knew it was going to happen. And we debated on yesterday's show whether it was going to be Kerfoot or whether it was going to be Pierre Engvall. And I think it does make sense when you look at, you know, the body of work of what Kerfoot has done come playoff time and what Engvall has done come playoff time. One performs better than the other. So, you know, and Engvall's had his fair share of chances. I think he's been played, what, three playoff series now for Toronto? And he's yet to score a goal in any of them. So, you know, I think Engvall is uh, – and we know that he doesn't offer up a whole lot in terms of physicality. So he just wasn't going to be in the mix. So, yeah, getting a third-round pick. I do find it hilarious, though, that Lou Lamorello, old-school Lou, brings in Pierre Engvall. Like, yeah. That doesn't seem like a Lou kind of guy, if you know what I mean. No, he did, he didn't scream to me as this is the guy that I think can help us get into the playoffs. Like I didn't see personally. Yeah, I just didn't see this that. In general, I'm surprised he wants anyone who plays like Engvall on his roster. This what? is true. Yeah, no, I I totally agree on that. I, and when I look at, you know, I thought Engvall would have been moved in one of these other deals to facilitate you know luke shen coming in or facilitate any other deal that was made or even the one to chicago i think kyle dubas also kind of did pierre a bit of a favor here and not trading him to one of those like chicago or vancouver's and giving pierre a chance to at least be with the team that's going to contend i don't know if that was i don't think that was his full intention but i think it's just a nice little added bonus sandine's going to a good spot in washington like he didn't totally just like do away and put these guys into like purgatory yeah, like they're not going to they're not going to Arizona, right? Yeah. Like 
no. Yeah, I, I agree. He, he put them at least in spots where they can still play some, you know, somewhat competitive hockey. Um, so what's next, Dave? What is next? Because they still have. So I, I tweeted this out. If you want to pull up the tweet that I I had um, earlier today, just see, seeing what's going on with the the cap situation, the lineup situation. And we believe that Matt Murray will be activated off LTIR any day now, like potentially tomorrow. And so after these trades, they can activate Matt Murray off LTIR. That's a spelling error on my end, supposed to say off LTIR, uh, and good. still have 928,000 in cap space to do something if they want. So that's, that's the situation now that the Maple Leafs find themselves in. Friday, 3 p.m. is the deadline. Do you see them making another move? Like, do they use that cap space to do something else? Is there a, can they get more cap space by adding players who are currently on the roster into trades to go out and maybe make even a bigger acquisition? Like is Dubas done? Is there something else here you think? Um, or is he going to take this cap space uh, home with them come 3 PM on Friday? What do you think is the next three days going to look like here for Kyle Dubas and the Maple Leafs? Yeah, it's it's funny because when um when they announced and I'm just gonna bring up somebody brought up just to bring the defense here as well. Somebody brought up literally right after the I think it was the Shen trade that was the last trade that was announced, and then we heard that Jonas Corposalo was being scratched for trade related reasons. There was a bit of like, oh, is Kyle Dubas now gonna go and add a goaltender? And if I'm going to add a goaltender, it would be Jonas Corpusella. I don't know if you've watched Corpusella. I know Columbus Blue Jackets stink, but I watched Corpusella play, uh, go up against Conor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and the Oilers the other day. And he made like 20 saves in the third period to help the Columbus Blue Jackets beat the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. And I'm play well against he, Toronto two weeks ago. Yeah, and he yeah the Leafs should have won that game like seven nothing, and they I think they what was it two or three nothing. Three, so, yeah, go wall. Yeah, that was that was actually Samson. I've got. This oh one. no, Samson, I've got that yeah. one. Never mind. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, if the Leafs were gonna go out and get a third goaltender, that would probably be the guy. I've seen what Corpusal can do in the playoffs, all too familiarly, and being really pissed off that you don't get the goaltending of your own Corpusal in the playoffs. I don't know if you ever saw what he did against Tampa Bay Lightning, also. Are you referring to the five overtime game? <laughs> the only reason why it went to five overtimes was because yeah. of uh, Corpusell making what, like six? It was it yeah, was, was like ninety three saves or something like that. It was legitimately like eighty eight or ninety three saves. It was insane the amount of stops that dude had to make. Yeah, he, it was he, great. He made a record eighty five. He st- saved an NHL record eighty five shots so 85 shots 85 saves 85 saves so he would have and then it was what like a 5-4 game or something i can't even remember what the final score of that game what was, was the final of that game maybe if he saw 87 shots i don't know anyways 3-2 win for tampa so he faced 88 shots in that game 88 shots stupid anyways i i, I he would be uh an interesting ad for sure um so what you could do is like if if you want to put one of those defensemen you're talking about, it doesn't even have to be Hall. It could be like Gustafson. Put him along with I don't know whatever 
Like, what would that even cost to acquire? I don't even know what it would cost to get him. Like, you're not giving up your first-round pick. Like, that Boston pick's not going the other way for Jonas Corpusallo. No. You don't really have any other picks, so you'd probably have to give up a prospect to get him. Like, that's that's the only thing. Like, I, I don't know. Like, would you be willing to give up uh, a decent prospect to, to get Corpusallo? Like, would you give up uh, you know, a Roni Hirvonen? Would you give up? I don't know if you would maybe Robertson, perhaps. No, like, I probably wouldn't. I, you look at prices right now. The problem is we haven't seen a goaltender move, and that uh, it's tough to gauge what a goaltender would go for. Like goaltenders generally don't go for a lot of the deadline. Those that do get moved. So I don't think it would cost a whole heck of a lot unless salaries retained. A couple which, thirds. Could a couple thirds get it done? They got some third think, round picks. I think so. Like Columbus is, you'd be doing Columbus a favor right now if you took Corpusalo off their hands because they want to lose. They yeah. don't want to win. This is like a when Buffalo traded um, every goalie possible. Yeah, basically, Jonathan. basically it was like, oh, you're making saves for us. Sorry, you got to go. Yeah, <laughs> I, I remember. I remember that year. And yeah. so that's that's where I think the Leafs, if they want to go and do that, they can. Um, would it be the right use of assets? I don't know. The Leafs have done it before. Like David Riddick, when they did that trade a few back in the bubble, that was a third-round pick that they traded yeah. Calgary. So I think that would roughly be the price, in my opinion, for if they went and did that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's probably correct. Like a third and maybe like a B prospect. Like, I don't know. I don't even I know why. a finished prospect that, we, that maybe is a little lower in the lineup than Topi Niemel and Hervinen. I yeah, think. yeah. Maybe even someone who could go and play on their roster. Like, would they maybe even want? Like, maybe they want like a Pontus Holmberg or Alex Steves, SDA. Like, maybe one of those guys potentially. I think. Third. I think there's. I think there's. There's. There's ways to get it done. I don't think it would be a difficult uh, move. Yeah. Unless you get a bunch of teams that all of a sudden want your own Corpusal and he becomes a hot commodity. Yeah, and, and, and the goalie market's been relatively quiet too, right? So, I, yeah, you're right. It, it probably wouldn't cost you a whole lot. I don't know how many teams are screaming for a goaltender at this point uh, in the year. So, you know, maybe maybe not. But I, I will say this. Like, if there, is, if there is any level of doubt in your tandem, in Matt Murray or in Ilya Samsonov, there's any level of doubt that those guys either – might not perform or may not stay healthy if you are Kyle Dubas and you have any sliver of doubt. And why wouldn't you with what's going on with Matt Murray this season? I think you do have to make a move and bring in another goalie. Even if that means having three goalies on your roster, like that, that's the other thing that people I think are forgetting is like, it's possible to do that, right? Like the, the way that it works right now, you could technically make the trade, for Corpusallo, like if you trade a third round pick, Eric Gustafson, and then whatever, pick any other prospect. But basically, let's just say Gustafson's salary plus whatever it'll take for Corpusallo, you're under the cap. You have three goalies uh, on your team once you activate Murray, but you're under the cap. And then you do have three goalies. Like that's just the way that you're going to play it from here on out, just to make sure that you have, you know, the depth at that position that you want. That is a possibility to do. Plus, you got all these new guys. It's not like you want to be taking dudes out of the lineup anyway. So, like, health aside, you know, if guys get hurt, it's different. You can call people up. But I don't know how many forwards you want to be pulling out of the lineup as it sits. Like, you kind of have your 12 guys. A lot of them are brand new. 
you got to tinker and see what works. So, like, you're not pulling dudes out. You're just flipping them around. So, like, do you need a 13th forward? As long as everyone stays healthy, I don't think there's a, a single need to bring in another forward into the mix. Again, health aside. Um, and then the blue line, you'll have Connor Timmons and uh, I guess one of Hall or Shen in that case as your extra blue liners. And then you got your three goalies. Like, that's a way that you could, yeah. you know, beef it up and, and still have that goaltending depth and not be worried about it. I do want to say one thing before we we leave, though, because I've seen a lot of people like commenting on the tweet that I made. I imagine there's some people who are listening. I mean, if you're still listening 45 minutes into this, I suppose. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Really appreciate that, by the way. That is amazing. You are an, an all-star for still listening this late into the pod. Um, I, I, I put out the tweet saying, like, Leafs still have about 928K left. They want to do anything. I saw a lot of people saying that money's for Matthew Nyes, for Matthew Nyes, for Matthew Nyes, for Matthew Nyes. You can sign Matthew Nyes to that money, but it doesn't really matter because you still will have money because you would have to send someone down anyways, right? Like you still have to only have 23-man contracts. It's not like they only have this amount of money to give to somebody to pay. It's not like that's in their internal cap. That's just the cap space. So if they sign Matthew Nyes to, let's say, 928000 Okay, that's great. You've used up all of your cap space, but now you're one man over and you got to send someone down anyways. And guess uh, who's going to <laughs> And now you're going to have cap space anyway. So, yes, that cap space, it's not there for Matthew Nice because you're going to have to send someone down anyways. So, you'll still have cap space. What you may want to make sure is you have maybe like 200,000 or something like just in case, because typically we see these guys sign deals, maybe 950K will be his ELC. So, if you're sending down, let's just say Jack Gaston Reese or who makes 800 uh, Gustafson makes 800,000 for yeah. sending him down. Make sure you have 150 to 200 K in play money so that if you do want to activate uh, Matthew Nyes, now you're at the cap, right? So you do want to make sure you have a little bit of space for when you're sending guys down that you can add it in that, uh, that though as well. But yeah, I, I wouldn't say that um, you need to worry about his cap dollars in the future. You can still, spend you know that 900k and sign matthew nice and still be good to go i would say if you're uh, if you're toronto so you could still make that trade and you can bring in corpus Allo and also sign matthew nice as well is basically what i'm getting at so matthew nice should not factor into whether or not they use up that cap space um don't use it all but you can use most of it is what uh, is what i'm saying yeah all right buddy go ahead no, I'm just saying that, yeah, don't get too preoccupied about Matthew Nyes right now because he is far from, like, he could be, he could be, very well be a part of the picture. I He's not a main part of the picture. He's like. Dude, where does he fit in this roster right now? He would like, be, yeah, it's tough to say because we haven't even seen him play a game in the NHL. We can't. Well, just even, like, still, who are you taking out of the lineup for Matthew Nyes? Like, you're looking at it right now, right? Bunting, Matthews, Marner, that's set. Yep. Tavares, O'Reilly, Nylander, I mean, sure, whatever. But we'll say those players are not coming yeah, out top six there yeah, right young crop camp and lafferty any of those guys coming out no zach aston reese achari and kerfoot are you 100 taking one of those guys out Ah, uh, maybe 90 percent. like maybe the if you want to give aston reese a night off you do that out of all of them he's probably the one because they have done that before other yeah. than that yeah i'm not exactly yeah i'm not telling matthew nye's this is your spot right here. We're waiting for you. And that's my point. That's my point. There's no spot where I look and say, hey, when you sign, this is where you're going, right? You're not guaranteed to play every night. And, and I think that's 
Um, that's the situation with Nye. So they could sign him and he could be part of the roster as a 13th forward come playoff time. Don't get me wrong. He totally could be. But um, I don't think he's coming in and, and you're he's guaranteed a spot on this roster. I, I, just, I don't think that's the case. I, I really don't. You don't know what you're going to get out of him. He'll get an opportunity. He'll play a couple of games, I'm sure. But is he going to be starting game one of the playoffs? I don't know. Sheldon Keith, does he fit into that role? We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, anyways, I'm sure there'll be a lot more information for us to break down uh, in the coming days as the trade deadline continues to near. There still might be another move to be done, as we noted. So we'll see what ends up happening. Uh, we'll return tomorrow for another show. Maybe we'll have an, another trade that we'll have to break down potentially. Who knows what's going on? Today was a crazy, crazy day. Fun stuff. Let us know down below if you think, like, just how has Dubas done on this trade deadline? Like this is an A plus plus for what he's been able to do to reshape this team, add toughness, add character, add grit, add um, you know balance all through up and throughout the lineup, and uh, of course he's he's also at a depth. So uh, let us know down below your thoughts on on Kyle Dubas and how he's done. All right, uh, that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms, including on YouTube and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. Follow the show as well at Lockdown Leafs. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow. But until then, keep locked right here on Lockdown Leafs.